Ireland is going to the polls. This is without a doubt the most important election in the history of Ireland. The question is the retention of traditional, historic, indigenous Irish culture versus the mass swamping and potential diminishment of Irish culture through mass migration and mass immigration. There may be a world in which different ethnicities, different cultures can live together in peace and harmony, and I love to believe in that world, and I would like to live in that world, but that unfortunately is not the world that we currently live in. Because it is as sure as sunrise what is going to happen when mass ethnic immigration occurs within Ireland, that the capacity or possibility of different ethnicities living in peace and harmony is going to get vastly undermined and diminished by the media, by academia, by culture, by artistic and intellectual leaders of just about every kind, insofar as there will be differences in outcome between different ethnicities, and all of the differences in outcomes between different ethnicities is going to be blamed on the racism of the white indigenous Irish people. That is what is going to happen. It has happened all around the world. It has happened all throughout the West, and it is going to happen. I would like to live in a world where this kind of race baiting did not occur and where we could peacefully and productively explore different outcomes between different ethnicities, particularly in terms of economics, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world where sophists point to all discrepancies in outcome and blame whites in particular and racism in general for all of these outcomes. That is going to happen. And the reason why mass immigration tends to be so dangerous is because it gives sophists the capacity to weaponize general group differences in outcomes and use them to attack and destroy elements of the indigenous culture. That is really, really tragic. As far as integration goes, well, uh, there's a simple mental exercise, which I've talked about for years, that is well worth talking about, which is if you imagine that you, if you're, let's say, your traditional indigenous Irish person, let's say that you move to Kenya or Somalia or wherever, how long would it take for you to fully integrate into that culture? It's a simple question. It's a simple mental exercise. How long would it take for you? Let's say you brought your family. Let's say you had your family over there. How long would it take for your family to be fully integrated into the culture, the cultural norms in Somalia or Kenya or wherever? It's a simple question. If you meditate for approximately 15 seconds on that question, you would recognize the answer. And this, of course, is one of the great challenges of mass migration. Here's another issue that you really need to think about when you are going to the polls in Ireland. In a philosophical world, differences between individuals, differences between genders, differences between ethnicities are resolved, as they are in the scientific world, through reason and evidence. Reason and evidence. This is why scientists of every ethnicity can productively gather together, male scientists, female scientists, black, East Asian, Caucasian, you name it. All these scientists can gather together peacefully and productively and work out differences in theories, difference in experimental results, differences in reproducibility, differences in data analysis according to the objective standards of the scientific method. That is how scientists resolve their disputes. If you are negotiating with anyone of any race and gender, and you're trying to figure out the price at which you will buy and sell things, you can go to the voluntary free market such as it still exists, and you can haggle on price, and you can arrive at some independent measure called price that allows you to transfer 
your goods. So if you live in a culture and a society that recognizes and respects reason and evidence as the ultimate arbiter, the only peaceful arbiter in the long run of human disputes, then you can invite people in, and if they also share that same value as they do in the scientific community of subjecting differences of opinion to the philosophical standards of reason and evidence, you can have anybody come by and you can have a productive and positive interaction. Unfortunately, uh, that world, such as it stood, we could really argue was the age of reason was a couple of hundred years ago and has been under attack and assault since the early 20th century and particularly since the post-Second World War period when uh, existentialism, subjectivism, uh, relativism, and uh, all of this um, goopy anti-rational ideology has pervaded and infected the Western mind to the point where now differences in opinion can almost never be resolved through appeals to reason and evidence. Yet differences of opinion, differences of preferences will always exist. And in the absence of reason and evidence, how do we resolve human differences? Well, you have to have some methodology for doing it. And if you have particular ethnicities that are trying to live together, they're going to come into conflict because values to some degree are associated with ethnicity, particularly if there's religion involved, and there's going to be differences of opinion. So how do you resolve them in the absence of reason? How do you resolve these differences? Well, you resolve these differences by creating a political hierarchy of who's right and who's wrong. And in general, the Caucasians or the whites are generally portrayed as the people who are wrong and racist, and the non-whites are portrayed as those who are right and wholesome. And that is how disputes get resolved. They can't be, dissolved, uh, they can't be resolved according to reason and evidence because that has been replaced with the anti-rational power lust of the modern left. And so the only way that you can even pretend to resolve these disputes is to create a hierarchy of political correctness wherein one group is right and one group is wrong. And you can see this playing out just about every single day in the media. So this is the reality of the world that we live in. And I wanted to refer you here. I'll put a link to this below. I wanted to refer you to the UN Declaration, the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. Indigenous people would be the traditional uh, white Irish people uh, that have gone back for thousands of years. I'll put the full link to below, but there's a couple of articles that are important to understand. Indigenous people, this is Article 3, Indigenous peoples have the right to self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. Indigenous peoples have the right to self-determination. It's very, very important. Article 4. Indigenous peoples, in exercising their right to self-determination, have the right to autonomy or self-government in matters relating to their internal and local affairs, as well as ways and means for financing their autonomous functions. So you are an indigenous people within Ireland, not a very large population, easily swamped by mass immigration, by mass migration, and you have the right to autonomy and self-government. Article 5, indigenous peoples have the right to maintain and strengthen their distinct political, legal, economic, social, and cultural institutions while retaining their right to participate fully, if they so choose, in the political, economic, social, and cultural life of the state. Indigenous peoples have the right to maintain and strengthen their distinct political, legal, economic, social, and cultural institutions. This is not going to be possible with mass immigration. Mass immigration is a violation of UN resolutions. Article 8. 
Indigenous peoples and individuals have the right not to be subjected to forced assimilation or destruction of their culture. If this video gets banned, it's because I'm quoting the United Nations. Indigenous peoples and individuals have the right not to be subjected to forced assimilation or destruction of their culture. Now, the question of forced assimilation, if you speak out against mass migration, mass immigration, what happens? Are you attacked? Are you deplatformed? Are you fired? Are you written about it by the media? Well, that's a form of forced assimilation if you can't speak out against it. States shall provide effective mechanisms, says the UN, for prevention of and redress for A, any action which has the aim or effect of depriving them, indigenous population, of their integrity as distinct peoples or of their cultural values or ethnic identities. I'm going to read this again. It's important to understand. States shall provide effective mechanisms for prevention of and redress for A, any action which has the aim or effect of depriving them of their integrity as distinct peoples or of their cultural values or ethnic identities. Any action which has the aim or effect of dispossessing them of their lands, territories, or resources. So, for instance, if you have mass immigration and the immigrants end up leaning heavily upon the taxpayer's dollar, dime, pound, I suppose, penny, in Ireland or other places, if they displace people from low-income housing, then this is the effect of dispossessing the indigenous population of Ireland of their lands, territories, or resources. Any form of forced population transfer which has the aim or effect of violating or undermining any of their rights. Any form of forced assimilation or integration. Any form of propaganda designed to promote or incite racial or ethnic discrimination directed against them. So again, going back to the situation that we don't live in a reason and evidence-based philosophical culture. And therefore, differences between ethnicities are generally decided on a political hierarchy which discriminates against the indigenous population of Ireland. Article 19 of the UN Declaration of the Rights of of, um, Indigenous Peoples. States shall consult and cooperate in good faith with the indigenous peoples concerned through their own representative institutions in order to obtain their free, prior, and informed consent before adopting and implementing legislative or administrative measures that may affect them. Okay, it's a bit of a mouthful. Let's really understand this. Article 19. States shall consult and cooperate in good faith with the indigenous peoples concerned through their own representative institutions in order to obtain their free, prior, and informed consent before adopting and implementing legislative or administrative measures that may affect them. Mass immigration massively affects Ireland, perhaps greater per capita than any other Western nation. Are you being consulted with regards to mass immigration? Are you being consulted in good faith? Are you allowed to be informed of the realities, of the facts behind mass immigration? Is your government, is your media, are your artistic and academic institutions following the guidelines, the essential guidelines of the United Nations with regards to international law regarding the rights of indigenous peoples? And this is what I'm talking about. You have a choice. There are people, brave people, courageous people, attacked people, 
who are trying to stand up for your rights as an indigenous population, as per the UN requirements. And they are being attacked and undermined. They are being physically threatened. Because it's one thing to have a right on a piece of paper. It's another thing to actually try and exercise it. These two can sometimes be complete opposites. So please, I was born in Ireland. I spent a significant portion of my childhood in Ireland. It is a beautiful country. It is a wonderful people. And you have a choice right now. You can go with what the elites tell you. You can go with what the media is bullying you into doing and opening up Ireland to the kind of immigration that is a violation of the UN statutes. Or you can stand with the brave men and women of Ireland who are going to work very hard to retain the powerful, essential, glorious, historic, deep cultural and beautiful heritage and history and identity of the indigenous Irish people. The Emerald Isle is too great a treasure to give away for the sake of fear and bullying and political correctness. Look into the nationalist politicians who are trying to save you. Do not give away the treasure you have inherited for the sake of a momentary cowardice. Vote to save Ireland, which has survived far too long under far too many pressures and horrors and terrors to vanish now.